sick. He's forcing his way out. He wants to come home. Bring him home. But like I, I didn't see the the tweet or anything that he did. What what did he actually say? On when uh, Bleacher Report posted that like Soto denied the deal, he like commented and tagged Soto. It was like, hey, we'd love to have you, or something like that. But then I, that's why I was just like, all right, he's a huge Mets fan and he's like a sports guy. Just go fucking. So I watched like six hours of us yesterday trying to find when we so said. Did I, yes, yes. And I couldn't find it. I don't know what episode it was. I I, I messaged him about it. It had to be semi recently because we were talking about. Bryce Harper, yep, and then like that they we didn't pay him, so they're definitely not gonna pay Soto. I just don't remember when that was. Neither I was, do I. I watch like the trade deadline stuff, not trade deadline, like the free agency ones. Like I, I can almost guarantee a fan like knows exactly which episode it is, what moment. It, it I think it was when know. we were talking about him being like as good as Barry Bonds, but I can't remember what episode that was when we were talking about Barry how Barry hit him in the Hall of Fame. Did you watch that one? No. That's probably guarantee. That's the one. That I totally forgot that we like did that comp because we talked about him and and I said that he's my MVP selection for next year. I'm like I already know who I want to choose. Well, for this episode, because we're obviously going to talk about it, we need to be very demonstrative and early in the podcast that he is going to get five hundred million dollars. Well, guess what? The podcast click. already started, so it's already in. Ha ha ha! Welcome back to the Ground Crew, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host Josh Gerson, along with my co-host Bill Ron. What up? Welcome back. Uh, before we get started, as always, make sure you like, subscribe, toss us a review, um, you know, share it to somebody, all that good stuff. Uh, interesting week in baseball. Some, uh, you know, we never can have good news. Why can't we ever have good news, Bill? Um, pitchers and catchers were supposed to report on February the fifteenth. That didn't happen um, because we're still in a lockout. And MLB's coming out with all these interesting news things. So I'm just going to start from the top because this kind of happened at the end of last week. They're also meeting today, by the way, which I know we were talking about in previous episodes that they're like low-key meeting and not telling people. Mm. I don't think that's the case. Based on the fact that like all the reporters pretty much just like follow around all the executives, I think they're only meeting like once a week. And that's troubling, at at least for me. I feel like this is something that they should just be working on nonstop. I I struggle to understand how they're communicating. Yeah. And it seems that it's as broken as we've said, mm-hmm. right? Like and the shame of it is is that it just doesn't look like they're going to do anything good together. Which is my point of everybody's just got to blow this thing up. Yeah. Like just acknowledge that what you have is broken and and move on. Um and then you start hearing the rumors of things that are happening, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that's happening with minor leagues that's being proposed by proposed by the MLB. Yeah, and it's ugly. Or, so, well, I guess there's, in my opinion, I don't like it. Okay, so what do you not like about it? Uh, just like seeing all the different stories about minor leaguers and their pay. Yep. Um, them not getting paid at all during spring training. It's yep. ridiculous. And then I was I saw um I don't know if you saw this guy's thread. I forget his name. I'll, I'll pull his name up on Twitter just so I can give him a little shout out. And just so everybody knows, like the MLB argued and and paid a lawyer $750 an hour to argue that minor league baseball players should be considered trainees like a 14-year-old learning how to flip burgers at McDonald's yep. and not as professional athletes. And it's like you have minor leaguers who have been held down by a broken system yep. who you're not going to pay. So we have a distortion of the fact that if I have a 23-year-old superstar 
who is on the cusp of coming up. Again, we'll, we'll use guys who we've talked about before. Spencer Torkelson, right? Like, mm-hmm. that guy's not going to get paid, right? Bobby Wood Jr., not going to get paid. These are guys who everybody expects to be in the MLB coming up. Yeah. Well, but here's the other side that's the downside is the PA has no reason to help these guys because they're not part of the PA for a lot of them. Now, those those few guys I just men- mentioned are on 40-man roster, so now they're part of the MLB Players Association. But they're not going to make a good deal for these young kids. No. And this is why like minor league guys need to have their own they need to have their own uh union. Yeah. Because they're not being taken care of. Even remotely. And there's just such a chasm between the guys who are making the rules, the owners who are making the rules like mm-hmm. I'll put this in perspective so cuz I think it's as close as I can make it, okay. right? The difference between an owner of a team and the best player in the league is a smaller gap financially than the best player in the league and the worst player in the league salary wise right so yeah. you've got you've got guys who are making like Scherzer who's now negotiating with the for the PA he's mm-hmm. on that side of everything is making 43 million dollars a year He's going to have made in his career close to a half a billion dollars. You have some owners in the league whose total net worth is $1.2 billion. He's half that mm-hmm. in career earnings, right? So now we're talking about a guy who's half. You have guys in the league making five hundred different. That's not half of $500 million that Scherzer has made, right? Yep. So the chasm, he's negotiating, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's normal. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But Scherzer has no connection to those bottom-end guys. No, none. And he looks at them and goes, guys, you don't even matter. This is what an owner thinks. So the best players in the league negotiate worse for the guys at the bottom than the owners against themselves. Mm-hmm. It's all broken because you have too wide of a chasm between everybody. And, like, that's the problem is the, the guy who's the peak of it is not paying attention to things that are important to the guy at the bottom. And an owner is trying to do it for all of these people. And the guy at the top is like, yeah, but that's not good enough for me. I said, yeah, but what about your teammate who's a 28-year-old guy who has only been up for two years and is scratching and clawing and making 690K? Yep. He's on the verge of going back to the minors half the time, and also has team and is under team control for the next six years until he's thirty-five. Yeah, what are what are you have no connection to that guy? You don't look at him, and you're not negotiating for him either. So you have all of the minor league guys, and then most of the guys at the back end of rosters who are not being negotiated for and what this rule is. Yeah, by former players and for current players and for people whose objective is to work for the guys who are the top guys. Yeah. So we have a has and has not whole thing on everybody's side. We have the rich owners worth $10 billion versus the poor owners worth a few hundred million. Mm-hmm. And then you have the top players, right, worth half a billion dollars versus the bottom players getting paid $70,000 a year in the minors. Right. And, and then, then lower than that. And then on top of all that... They're also suggesting that they just want to cut minor league jobs in general. On top of all 
the other pay cuts and things that they want to do. Well, so you and I have had that talk before. Right. So that was my, the other point of I don't entirely hate that from an understanding that we do want to thin out the amount of players yep. and get just some of the highest quality stuff. Yep. Um, but on the, on the other side of the – like the guys who do make it to spring training, especially like big league, big league spring training, I was reading this guy's name is Jack Kruger. Uh, this guy I was talking about before. As a minor leaguer – he made 480 bucks every two weeks. He was in big league spring training every year that he was in the minors so far. He's been in there seven seasons, got there in 2016. Um, he makes $1,500 a week in spring training. And then in season, 480 every two weeks. So that's why he's like, I need this because that's where I'm making the most money out of all uh, my, out year. Of my season. Yeah. yeah. So he was weighing in on that and just like, guys, like this is just going to ruin so many people. He was living in a six person apartment and two bedrooms, like, you know, all the minor league horror stories that we hear about. Um, and I, th- I think once on top of all the other issues and things that are not being accomplished, them putting this out there to layer onto that. We already know that the minor leagues are a problem is just, is souring everybody. And, and, and th- like to me, like they, but they just proposed that they're going to pay for guys housing in season. Right. Right. So like the reality is what, what to me, to me, I actually think that what the owners are doing for the grant for for overall mm-hmm. is for the betterment of what the minors will be. I don't see any world where any player that is has a contract with MLB. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I'm a trainee, I can go into any team. Uh, as well, soon as you have me on a contract that I can't go to any team, I'm not a trainee. I'm your employee. Right. So, if I'm your employee, you have to pay me. Yeah, because you're requiring me to come here for this training. Well, I guess I mean I don't know the actual like structure of how their contracts work, but I have to imagine that it's hey you report to spring training, it's unpaid, but you're st- it's like part of your lead up to when you do get paid. No, in that, season. that that can't I, be a thing. Right, that's what but I'm saying. But that can't be a thing. Like it, when you start a job, you eat, and you come in for training at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. McDonald's pays you to come in for training. Right. So why would McDonald's pay a trainee, but the MLB wouldn't? That is a great question. So, again, guys, this doesn't make any sense. Like, yep. that's a dumb thing to do. I don't know why they're even fighting for it. I, because I think the real real that they need to do is the minor should be even smaller. And I thought we had done enough last year, but we didn't. It still p- appears that there's all these, like, extended spring training situations and, you know, all these other teams. Like, the Mets still had multiple, like, things. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, you you thinned it out a little bit, but there's still roughly four levels, and I I think there should be less. Let these guys go to independent ball, mm-hmm. like go make more money. Because the reality is, we talk about it, you go to the independent league, you go to um, the Ducks in the Atlantic League. The Ducks are paying guys three k a month, right? Yeah. If you're making three k a month to play for the Ducks, that's better than what you were making four hundred and forty eight dollars every two weeks. Why wouldn't I go to that level and do that? It's a, it's a great question. I, I, that's To me, that seems like the easiest way to eliminate at least, like, rookie ball. Yes. Like, those guys go to Florida or whatever, and they're kind of just BSing and playing, yes. like, essentially, like, scrimmages. Well, I think, I think if, you're, if you're under the age of 20, 
and you get drafted. I'm fine with you going to an instructional component to what this is. Right. So being in for the Mets example, just because I know their affiliates better. You go to St. Lucie where they have their their primary spring training facility, yep. and that's where their minor league guys are going to be and going to practice and right. do everything. So if you're a younger guy and you're there and you're competing with the other younger guys, you're occasionally doing some scrimmage stuff with other teams, mm -hmm. and you're just getting instruction, you're lifting weights, you're trying to better yourself. Great. But hard, like, minor league system, like high A, double A, like A, double, triple, done. I, some of this, like, in-between stuff just doesn't make sense. And mm -hmm. then how many guys you're allowed to have in instructs should just shrink. Yeah. But nobody really wants that because the reality is they want more players that they can develop for the future. Mm -hmm. Well, you and I in past episodes have said all the GMs and all the, the talent evaluators in the MLB suck. Because you guys have 150 people in your minor leagues and you like 10 of them you're going to end up having at the MLB level. Mm -hmm. Like if I took a snapshot of the Mets whole affiliate like system today, 10 of those guys at max will ever have a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting too, and I think is it's something that the PA is arguing about is uh, being able to bring players up and down. Big, big problem. Apparently, like it, like not apparently, it's unlimited right now for how many times you can bring players up yeah. and down. And like, uh, I was reading about this yesterday. Like, you can bring a guy up, right? And uh, for example, uh, let's say Tyler McGill when he was first getting mm -hmm. brought up, right? He could come up, make a start, and go back down, and that only counts as one day of service time. And they, and they can just mess with that and do all that stuff. And then you get guys who kind of have that little bit, like a cup of coffee or whatever, a couple of days, and then they're kind of sucked back into the minor league thing and they never really see the free agency or kind of any of this stuff. And, it and like, they're back into their weird little, like, minor league deal, and it's kind of just this little, like, cycle, and you only get, like, the one or two guys that you're talking about that really kind of make it through and get to push their needle of, like, their uh, career. And, and and that's that's why I, I look at it and I say that the MLB's fighting a dumb battle in, mm -hmm. in that sense. Um, but then I, I also read an article that somebody put up the other day uh, talking about the guys who are in between. Mm -hmm. um, and this goes back to, and I, I would probably want to call Sean and see if maybe he was stuck in that limbo. Um, Sean's deal was going to make it that he he had signed early enough. But if you have a guy who was a free agent, so the Mets traded for Trevor or something last year. Um, we got him in that trade. He was an older reliever, like 26, and we had traded for him midseason. So I, I, I forget exactly what his name was. Um, but the Mets traded for a guy. He pitched for us out of the bullpen. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a deal right now. But because he had an MLD, MLB deal last year, he's not allowed to talk to teams because of the lockout. He, oh, damn. But he's looking for a minor league deal. Right. So he can't get a job. Oh, it's so annoying. So he can't can't play minor leagues, even though he's going to sign a minor league deal. Mm -hmm. Because he was an MLB guy, but he doesn't have enough stuff to get paid by the PA. So the PA right now is paying the players. Oh, oh yeah. They're giving the players some money. Okay. So the players are earning a, like some money from the players' association that they kind of collected as their dues. Gotcha. Right. And now they're feeding that money back slowly to all of the players in a relative balance, so that guys have funds to kind of live life. Right. Right. He doesn't fall in that. Because he didn't have enough service time. Whole deal. Wow. So he's stuck in limbo where the PA can't pay him. You talking about Robert Stock? 
No. Trevor Williams? I think Trevor, Trevor Williams. Williams, okay. See, I was right with Trevor. Okay. Um he he got paid he he has not made enough money, hasn't done enough things. He's stuck in a limbo and the PA can't help him. And he can't play minors and make money. Hmm. Even though he's going to be a guy who's going to sign a minor league deal. <sighs> Wild. That's super weird. Like that's, but that's the that's yeah, how, that's so crazy. That's how broken it's the so, system is. It is super. And guys, yeah. like just to, like understand, you guys are trying to keep a a, a half sunk ship mm-hmm. alive. It, it's eventually going down. Yeah. Just sink it and rebuild a ship. The way that the way they've kind of structured this whole thing so that they have the max control and it's all interwoven and all this stuff is now coming to light of the fact that it is completely constructed poorly. Yeah. So like this is the only way to force the owners to do it would be to go to the Supreme Court. Yeah. Right? Because uh-huh. the Supreme Court could go and say that there's antitrust r- rules that are at play here. Wasn't well, that isn't the only be the only one that's exempt from that? But like we we could run this back again, like and that was the that was isn't the, minor that the league, <laughs> but that's the minor league guys. I'm not even saying the minor league guys. Okay. I actually think the MLB is kind of bordering on the function of do they have antitrust with what they're doing? They've organized in good faith that they have an uncapped league, but then they have a luxury tax that limits the ability for anybody to go there. Right. So now players can't earn maximums, but there's no minimums that the teams have to spend. Mm-hmm. So inherently, the owners have manipulated the market to make it that there's not enough money in the system. Right. Right? We talked about that again last, last episode of the episode before that. If every team in the league had to spend $90 million, would that be more or less than they spent last year? Deets, can you pull up what total salaries were last year? Yep. I, th- I think we talked about this in the last episode. That I think it was like 10 teams or something would need to spend more money. We, we said 10 teams would have to spend more money. But my question so. is, if we ju- if we said, okay, like every team in the league spends $90 million mm-hmm. versus whatever they spent last year, separate from luxury tax. So we're saying so 90, everyone, $90 million plus? Yes. It's a lot of teams. Uh, league average for 26-man payroll. Last no, just what was the gross salaries? For the teams that spent less than ninety. No, I want to know gross salaries last year. Just how much did owners spend last year? Uh, total payroll. Total payroll. There gotcha. we go. Um, there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams that were under ninety last year. One of them. No, what was gross salaries? I I, I don't need any of those numbers. I need gross salaries last year for all the teams. I would have to add up thirty numbers. Then it's going to take a while. Just copy it into a spreadsheet. And go, go, gadget. Because if we did ninety million dollars times thirty teams, right? We're talking about two point seven billion dollars in full for the league. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking two point seven billion dollars would be the number. So what was actually spent last year? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, like 400 of that's in the top two, right? <laughs> Roughly? Uh, not counting their luxury tax, if you take away their luxury okay. tax. So, like, the luxury tax is my point. That's not actually salaries. Um, that's just that's, – that's all of the money that then gets put in. Mm-hmm. So they did $4 billion last year was total spent. 
right? So $4 billion. So if I just put a 90, we're at 2.7. Right. And there's how many teams that were above 200? That's 250. Right? So yeah. we, we look at it and we say that there, there are – there are five teams that are over 200. Right. Right? So just those teams, just those teams are a billion dollars by themselves. Yep. So if you made a salary floor of 90, there'd be more money for all the players. Everything changes. Do you think it's hard for the um, like the Orioles to get up to like maintain that as a small market I don't team? Care. Well, so so per- I don't think that that's I, a perfect no, segue. Hold I on, don't hold on. think that Baltimore Orioles are a small market. I don't think so either. Actually, how do the Baltimore Ravens function? For sure. So my my thought is, and and, and this was the the um, more people I think are starting to propose this. Sell your team if you can't Facts. handle it. We've said this. We've said before. it before. Yeah. Well, like they, we're making concessions for poor owners, and we're allowing people to do it because there's so much history in the game of baseball that everybody's afraid. Of taking teams away from people. Yep. When they're not running it optimally. Could you imagine any team in the NFL operating as poorly from a financial standpoint as the Baltimore Orioles? Like the Detroit Lions are on the cusp every year of being taken over by the by the NFL. Mm-hmm. Every year. Because they're the only team that loses money in the league. Only team. And they're better run and have a higher payroll than everything that you see in in the MLB. Yep. And the MLB is just terrible. The entire system is dumb. I there's no worse professional sports like league than the MLB. And like I don't want to hear PA and everybody else would would hear me say that and be like that's wrong. That's not true. Guys, show me. You have, <laughs> look at what we're looking at right now in terms of your 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 uh, conversations and trying to reorganize the league. It's obviously not doing well. And you guys can't do it. <laughs> yes. Like the, the NFL, we talk about all, all of the playoff games were decided by three points. Yeah. Except for the best game, which was the Bills-Chiefs, that was six points. You want to talk about parity? Sorry. Like, it's cool. I'm over it. You want to talk about parity of a league, though? Yeah. The Super Bowl, everything, like – you pretty much, based off of how every game ended up playing out, you could make a case that eight different teams could have won the Super Bowl this year. Easily, absolutely. I can't say that about baseball. Mm-mm. Like, we were talking about the Do- Dodgers, Dodgers, Dodgers all the way through until the Dodgers lost. Well, actually, hang on. I think, uh, looking at, like, last season. Sure. There were actually a lot of teams that you could say were like, all right, cool, they might have a chance, right? Sure. But then the fall off was massive. Whereas the NFL, there's a lot of there was a lot of fringe teams that was like, all right, cool. If they get in, they could be a scrappy team oh, and get all the, the way. The Chargers missed the playoffs. Yep. Right, like the Chargers missed the playoffs, and people were like, oh, that's a great team. No great team missed the playoffs in baseball. No, because you have just such a stark contrast. Like the Jets were bad. Sorry, it's okay. But like the Jets did more to try to win than the Orioles did last year by leaps and bounds. Oh, for sure. Like no no it's not allowed to function that poorly. You want to go to soccer. Soccer has run better. UFC has run better. Right? The only sport that might 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 have worse management is boxing. Yeah. And I don't even know it's if so, that's true anymore. But it's so like different. I don't, I don't so even know if that's boxing true is, boxing is like a sport that's just changing so ridiculously where it's like I would say the, the the mainstream fan, like the casual boxing fan, doesn't watch like Gervonta Davis fight. 
Sure. He, he's fi- they're watching they're watching Jake Paul. Yeah. Like, they're watching all that crap. Yeah. And so it's not it's it's definitely a like the um the the fair weather boxing fan is more the thing than the, like there's not as many like new like I love boxing I'm only watching boxing type or thing. more of a Mayweather boxing fan yes Dennis thank you but Jake <laughs> the Jake Paul has done more positive for boxing oh yeah in the last two years than any boxer in the last thirty yeah. the only boxer I could tell you. That has promoted and, and enhanced the the notoriety financials of boxing to the degree he has was Mike Tyson. Now you could say Mayweather was close, mm-hmm. right? But Mayweather dominated so much and picked and choosed his way through and was very calculated at all times. Yeah, that he he finessed a great career. Mm-hmm. But like heavyweights rule boxing, and Tyson was heavy. Jake Paul comes in small dude. He's setting up fights that sell. Yeah. And he's paying these dudes big money. So he's literally out here, and he talked to Dana White. He's like, Dana, you got guys who are making no money. They've all got full-time jobs, and they fight in the UFC. And, like, that's a league that's going to need some reform at some point in time because mm-hmm. there's so much money that's going to the promotion. Not enough is making its way to the fighters. Yeah. And I think they're close to that, too. Yeah, but and they're still run better yeah. than the MLB. And that's that's the point. So we have some of the shadiest sports in existence, fighting, where it's always had manipulation of everything. Mm-hmm. And baseball has proven it's worse. Yeah. And then on top of all of that, all the shady stuff, there's even more. Yeah. Uh, this week uh, the trial is commencing for um, – Eric Kay, who was the communications advisor for yep. the Angels, um, and he was supplying Tyler Skaggs and um, Matt Harvey and others with uh, prescription pills and things um, during 2019, um, and one of them led to Tyler Skaggs' death in uh, in July of 2019. Um, and Matt Harvey was on the stand this week to give his testimony, and he, well, he he kind of he was telling his side of the story in that uh, he was giving pills to Skaggs. He was taking pills. He was doing different drugs, cocaine, things like that. Um, when he was on the Mets, when he was in LA um, and there's been a lot of different um, responses to it. I know one thing that uh, Terry Collins did an interview after I saw uh, it. Yeah. And a lot of people were upset about it. Uh, in the interview, he was talking about his, closed door conversations with Matt Harvey about his mental state, about what he was doing off the field. Um, and he talked about Matt Harvey's depression and that he considered suicide and things like that. Super like heavy stuff. Yeah. And, um, people were upset that he was coming out publicly and saying that. I, I struggle to have someone else talk about somebody else's mental health. However, if we want to de if we if we want to take away the stigma of mental health, mm-hmm. then we have to talk about it the same way we would talk about somebody's drug problem or this or that, right? Yep. People can talk about Hey, you know what? Like I saw him using drugs. I saw him having issues mm-hmm. and I wanted to get him help. 
uh, but I wasn't able to, and I wish them the best, right? And nobody bats an eye at that, right? Yep. Me saying I, you know, saw that he was struggling with depression and thoughts of suicide and things like that, and I wanted to help him, and I couldn't. And we make it that, oh, you should never have said that. Guys, it's the same thing. If you want to take away that it's it's power to be a negative, mm-hmm. you have to make it that it's okay for people to talk about it and how they wanted to help you. Yep. I didn't love how Terry came across with it, mm-hmm. but it's also a young a, a young guy died because he was being fed pills. And Matt Harvey had a precipitous drop off of his career that now looks like it was very heavily because of drugs and partying. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And I think um a lot of the the, the public kickback was with was absolutely his his delivery of it. Um I, I agree. I think there's it, there to, to remove the stigma. You have to have conversation about it. it period. Gotta be able to talk about it. Um, but I think the the conversation was too was like obviously he or more than likely he was not alone when all of this was happening. And I know I've seen some some um, reports and stuff that there the Mets did try to help him at least to some degree. Um, but also like where were your teammates? What what was going on with all that? And why wasn't more of an effort made, I think, was the the the, the question out there. Um, well, and- so why wasn't more of an effort made for uh, Lawrence Taylor? I don't know. Why was more of an effort not made by the '86 Mets? Because they were winning. Why? Sure. Why wasn't more of an effort made by Hamilton's teammates in Texas? Mm-hmm. Where were all they? Why didn't they do something about it? That's bullshit, mm-hmm. right? I can't walk walk around with a man his entire life holding his hand and, 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 and treating him like a child. Sure. So you can tell me that a guy has problems, but nobody can sit here and be like, it was the job of his entire teammates and everybody else to make sure he didn't do shit and fuck himself up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. That's out, Yeah. right? So... Anybody criticizing Mets teammates, Mets organization, things like that, like, at what point in time is it our responsibility? Now, this does bring up that Matt Harvey never failed a drug test. Well, so that that was the other thing, So too. this goes back to the PA and the MLB being cool with guys taking drugs all the time, just not steroids. But you can take steroids if... You have low testosterone and you take testosterone replacement therapy, which is steroids. But we call it something different so that it's not given a stigma. So there's just so much across the whole thing that's yeah. just broken. People can talk about that. The, the, all of pro sports have, have pill issues. America has a pill issue. Mm-hmm. My father had, had cancer years ago. And my, my father, every single month, was getting like 100 to 150 large Vicodin pills. He was getting another 40 to 75 Percocets. He, he had uh, uh, some kind of surgery. He had access to liquid morphine. Guys, you want me to start up a drug cartel? I could have done it, right? 
start selling all this the perks and Vicodin and stuff like that to people. It's the same thing. Doctors in America overprescribe. Doctors in sports overprescribe painkillers. You're giving them to large humans, and it is a narcotic. They then get hooked to it. They then can't get off it. And it's all a function of the fact that we want a guy to show up and play. Arm pain, this, that, everything else. Get out there on the field and do your damn job. We don't care about athletes. And this is the problem. Sports in general, American pro sports in general, is broken across the board. It's now becoming more and more that the worst of it is baseball. How are you guys going to fix it? Sink the ship and build a new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think that was definitely a, a big question was why there, um, why there isn't more conversation about drugs in the league and it is definitely a lot to do with uh, like how the PA negotiated drug yeah. testing for anything other than steroids. It's very infrequent. Because the MLB Players Association has gotten a win that these guys can go and just live life. Mm-hmm. And these guys are... Co- this is the, the, the Jacob deGrom thing, right? Jacob deGrom doesn't post on social media, doesn't go to things, doesn't... He's one of the best players in the game and he's hidden from view. Mm-hmm. He shows up, he makes his money, he does his job. He's not a public figure. He doesn't do anything for it. So he wants to just live a great life. So that guy doesn't care. He's like, if I wanted to smoke weed, I want to be able to and not have a problem. So the PA negotiated all these these things for lifestyle aspects. Mm -hmm. But now players don't get paid. Other people are taking advantage of everything else so that a couple of guys can smoke weed. Go to the NFL. Can't do that. Other drugs are tested for. There's programs. There's programs where if you're in that program, you can't even drink alcohol. They try to help these guys get off of it. Mm-hmm. MLB is showing that they just, and the PA is showing that they just don't care. Y'all can do whatever you want. You're grown-ass men. Do your thing. And it's just, it's, 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 it's broken. So what, is, is there like a common ground you'd, you'd prefer? Because, we, I mean, we've talked about it, like the, the use of, of it cannabis be and nego- stuff. It shouldn't be a negotiation tactic. Right. Like, like test, for this testing test, test all for the time. all that stuff. Testing for all that stuff should not even that that shouldn't be something that anybody has to give up something for. Okay. But the fact that we're using it as a bargaining chip is the problem mm-hmm. because it then leads to abuse. Right. Because now there's the good and the bad of it. The league itself doesn't help guys with addiction problems per se. Mm-hmm. Because we don't test for it, so nobody fails. Right. Because nobody fails, we don't know who has a problem. Because we don't know who has a problem, nobody gets treatment. Right. NFL, we have a problem with some stuff. We don't want guys to have addictions. We don't want guys, but guys end up losing losing games and getting suspensions. Right. Right? Josh Gordon. And then we're upset that these guys have these problems and other guys have issues coming in the league and they have to get drug tests and they have to do stuff. But you know what? Problems. Less. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. We just need to help people more. We, this should be a partnership. Perf, perfect. Let's let, like let's let's unlock this as an as a as a baseball lifestyle thing. Sure. If either of you two started to show signs of a serious problem, do you think it would go unseen by me? Mm, doubtful. <laughs> Have when I start seeing even remote things going on with your guys' demeanor. Do I over ask? Yeah. How are you doing? What's going on? You seem a little off. You have this issue going on. Now, 
you might hide that you have something going on, right? Sure. You might overindulge in some things. If I even suspect it, I give little hints. I talk about stuff. I say, hey, you know, got to take care of your health, body, things like that. But if I got to the point that I knew that there was a problem, do you think that I wouldn't help? No. Would there be like new things in play to try and help? Sure. Have I talked Absolutely. very openly about mental health in the company and how people need stuff? I, that's one of the things I love about this company. We talk about it constantly. So th- this is how business should be. Like if people that you work with, not people who work for you, I work with you guys. If people you work with are struggling with stuff and part of it is based off of the pressures that you put on them, assist in helping that. Yeah. Assist in helping that whatever way you can. So owners who own a pro sports league act like it's a favor they're doing for guys that they're even able to play this game. Oh, well, you know, I play a game for a living. I'm the luckiest person in the world. No, like, let's chuck that. That was a great thing to say in the 1960s and 70s when guys actually, some of them still had other jobs. Now, to be an MLB player, you sacrifice your life, your entire life. 12-year-old kids are sacrificing weekends in life to go and throw baseballs. Yeah. And train and work and do stuff. They say no to opportunities that other kids can do because of it. You go to college, you can't get paid to do anything related to what you do for years. Mm -hmm. But if I went on a full academic scholarship, I could write the next Harry Potter book and I could get paid billions. And my school would say, oh, look at you. And I would still be getting a free scholarship. But a player can't do anything related to their success in what they do. They sacrifice everything to entertain us. Yeah. And Tyler Skaggs pays a price. Because we want to be able to put our head in the sand and act like it wasn't our fault. And it's our fault. I said on the last episode, MLB is going to change this. Fans need to revolt that they're not doing the right thing. Yeah. I think that was at least something that I've noticed from an owner's and like Rob Manfred's perspective is that they definitely look at it as more of the business and it's not people. It's not these players play for my team and I need to take care of them and yeah. help and use the, our connection and our partnership to grow the game, grow everyone's lives. And, you know, they're people. Um, it's definitely being looked at a, a very different way. And I think that's where all of these problems are, at least to some degree, how they like where they stem from is that it's not looked, it's the employee employer relationship is vast. There's, there's a chasm. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's an owner and property. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an who, owner and property. Well, who in the NFL was talking about that, like the, the, the slave owner mentality? Well, yeah, but like even owners in the NFL aren't actually – so uh, owners in the NBA are not called owners. Okay. They're called chairman or something like that. Gotcha. Um, they're, not, they're not given the same title. And, and um, I think it was the Texans. Why am, I, why am I blanking on his name? My favorite guy in the entire world. I'm Mark sorry. Cuban. Mark Cuban. Thank you. You mm-hmm. knew where I was going. Mark Cuban had done an interview about that for that point. Mm-hmm. But Mark Cuban also is the perfect example of what's going on. And for anybody out there, you guys can go and find the video or look for the video. And our, our team maybe can put the video on the screen. So uh, uh, 
Delonte West? Yeah. Was a player in the NBA for years. Played right. and, and played with LeBron in Cleveland. Won a championship in Dallas. All this stuff. He had horrible mental health issues. Ended up on the street. Mm-hmm. So somebody, I guess, saw it and finally tweeted at Mark Cuban like, how are you going to let your boy fall this far off? And then like within hours of Mark Cuban finding out about all this stuff and re- shows up where he is in his car, mm-hmm. picks him up, gets him help, gets him mental help, and starts working towards it. And is actively talked about like, hey, this that's the owner. This guy's worth more money than almost every owner in MLB. And he's out here like driving in his own car to go pick up a former player who is having mental health issues. And people wonder why NBA is a better league. Like, you you think that it's because of X or what? No, it's because that. That right there. Yeah. You got owners like that. People want to say whatever they want to say about a guy like uh, James Dolan with the Knicks. Mm -hmm. James Dolan, all he does is spend the most money in the league every year on everything. Puts everything and invests everything he can in. Mm -hmm. He does everything... Best arenas, best stuff, best marketing opportunities, pays players, best trainers, best travel, best amenities, all the best stuff for these. You're mad because he's just not super personable, right? But mm-hmm. like that's our biggest issue. You go to the you go to the the, the MLB, and you got you got owners who are literally like shut up and play. I don't want to pay you for this. I don't want to pay you for that. Yeah. Don't do this. Don't do that. The w- worst situations you could possibly have, like. Well, you, th- you think about oh. team and and the, uh, using the NFL as a perfect example. The the teams who have owners that truly care about the team have some of the best culture, the best fans, and at, at least the majority of the time have a, at least a decent product on the field. Yep. You look at like the Cowboys. Their culture from top to bottom is uh, we want the team to win. We, uh, the fans love the team. Like we when Steve Cohen joined the Mets, all of a sudden the culture was different. You you could feel you could see obviously spending a, bu- a ton of money. The fans are excited. Like all all that is intertwined. The players I'm sure are excited when and he's bringing in this guy or that guy or whatever. Yep. Um, and it's all it all connects. And right now, like you're talking about owners who who don't do that, who don't spend the money, and you can see it in the fandom and how the the product on the field, the effort by the players. Like it's 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 not what you want. It's it's not the level that I think we can be at. The question is, will it ever? That is that is the the big question. And and I th- I honestly think it's we need ownership change in the MLB. There are people who own teams who bought them at a time where it was cheaper to buy a team, mm-hmm. and that team is worth well more if it were to sell. But the person doesn't want to sell because they enjoy the fact that they own a team, and it's like oh well they should be able to own their team and do whatever it is and get everything else and okay that's fine. But you're now ru- you're you're now manipulating all of these other people's lives mm-hmm. for your own selfish thing, and you're doing it in a way that abuses power at multiple levels. Because what do you think the minor leagues are like for an athletics player? You know what Can't I mean? Be, like, yeah. We all saw the movie, right? Like everybody's seen Brad Pitt get out there, except for Dennis, who doesn't watch movies. Like. And the fact that they had to pay for their own food in the vending machines and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That was the MLB team. What do you think their low A team was looking like? Yeah. 
you you were coming out and the players were having to rake the field and do all the work themselves. Like this is where you're getting those boxes and you're getting two pieces of of white bread with two pieces of turkey and one slice of cheese mm-hmm. with some lettuce and that was your lunch. Yeah. Like and this is feeding you a professional athlete. Like owners admit it then. Most of your minor league players you don't care about. Mhm. And if that's the truth, cool. Then shrink down to a high-level team and a low-level team. That's it. Yeah. I, th- I think there's, with with at least current ownership or, or how they should look at it as being an owner of professional sports teams in general, I don't think you should. It shouldn't just be, okay, great, you bought the team, run it how you'd like. There has to be at least some type of parameters or, or things that they need to do that are like, hey, we understand like you have to run a business, but also you have to push your team forward. You have to push the league forward. If you're not doing a good job, you have to sell a team. It should be a privilege that you have to maintain. Theoretically, if every owner in the league right, wanted to bring up and only play, right, mm-hmm. not ever sign another guy to a big contract, and only play minor league guys who they bring up, we could get to a world five, five six years from now where the highest budget in the league is $25 million. Oh, yeah. So you have a league that would allow it to dissolve itself to that degree. That also at the same time has a ceiling of $240 million. And it's why it's broken. Mm-hmm. Listen, if, if I had my full way, my full, full way, mm-hmm. the MLB would run more like soccer in, in European soccer. Right, like relegating and things like that. Relegation should be in play because then everything changes. Because what if what if for for real, right? What if the what if the Long Island Ducks went out and were willing to sign somebody for bigger money and then they could beat the Orioles. Then uh, yeah. Come on up. Orioles, go on down. Mm-hmm. Relegation should be in play for, for, for baseball especially mm-hmm. because the quality of the product at scale is not good enough. But you have – these people are in the same league. Yeah. Relegation. Halfway through the season, you're relegated. Mm-hmm. You're down. See ya. Right? Yeah. And just let those people walk away. Now you're going to have the best – like all the teams who make the playoffs, like those teams stay. Everybody else who's kind of from – that to 20, right? You, you you stay up. Everybody else, you're relegated to a, a, a smaller league. And you know what you're also going to have to play against? You're going to have to play against some of those AAA teams. Yeah, and that's the other side of the league. Because organi- what if an organization has a great AAA? Pro- like, what if they have a great high advanced program, right? Because mm-hmm. so if we just went to low and advanced. You're it's, the, put- it's the other half of the 40, man. Could you imagine if an MLB, if an owner, if an owner... Had two teams in the in the in the the top league. That's legit. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, so what does that allow us to do? That allows Stephen Cohen to to build out the best minor league program possible. Guess what? All these guys just got promoted. You're no longer a minor league guy. You guys are all now MLB guys. Mm-hmm. Not all the teams own their minor league teams, though. Just, I know yeah. they're partners in it, yeah. right? But allow them to be partners in it with that with that guy. Guess what? That guy just you just took a team. And now you're you are up. If you have 
10 years of success, you will always be up. You will not get relegated. But now we relegate the teams that suck. You want to perennially be a, a terrible team? Relegation. Don't get the share in the national revenue money. Mm-hmm. Don't get any of that stuff. How fast would guys sell their teams? Yeah. Well, you look at like the the Marlins when they like did their fire sale and they like like low key the Marlins like one through eight five years ago was ridiculously we good. We talked about it. We said it. And then they sent them all away, and they're like, "Cool, we're gonna be good in like ten years. We'll see you then." And they like publicly said that. Yep. That's a big problem. That team should not be in a pro sports league. No, like I, I went let to the, them relegate. Yeah, th- like there had to. Like we've been to Ducks games in the last year. There were more people at the Ducks game than they were at the Marlins game, yep. and I've been to both last year. Yep. That's absurd. That that organization should have to be relegated to some degree, right? Now here's the sad thing: mm-hmm. is they they made the playoffs in 2020 and the Mets didn't. Yeah, for sure. Right. Relegation. Yeah. This is open for the Mets, too. This is for everybody. Relegation. Now, a, a, a billionaire owner, he might be pissed off about relegation. What's he going to do? Go sign players. Yeah. And listen, if the Mets got relegated in 2019, all of a sudden our $240 million payroll, we're but back then, in business. <laughs> but, but, but what can you do when you have relegation if you were to run yourself like the like European soccer? You could then put a player on loan. So, you oh, yes, yes, yes. Up their contract. So, right. if the Mets got relegated and we had just signed Francisco Lindor, cool, we're going to let you guys keep him. We're in a true uncapped league now. Mm-hmm. We're going to we're gonna loan you guys him. His contract is for X, and you're going to pay a loan fee of X. Right. And he just stayed so on the Indians. So, another team is willing to, willing to pay $40 million Guardians. a year. Right. So, now the Mets don't have to pay that money while they're relegated. Yep. But... Once they can get themselves out of relegation, they bring the homie back. I also don't think it should be a year-to-year thing. Well, so how relegation works is the top two teams from relegation mm-hmm. go back up. Right. But is that year-to-year? Every year. Okay. Now, you don't mess it. When you get relegated, you typically don't make it up that fast again. Right. Because guys have to leave. You lose people. Guys don't want to sign with you. So, typically, a, a team that gets relegated, it, it's going to take them a while to refix things mm-hmm. to then get back to that uh, I think that's also the nature of that sport, too. Like soccer. Like, you could add two guys to the MLB. You could add Max Scherzer and Francisco Lindor and probably make your team at least good enough. You could add Ronaldo to any team. Sure. And they did become much better. Yeah, absolutely. So it's the same thing. Yeah. That's why I'm saying these sports should be run relatively similarly. But that's also, I feel like, the... like I don't, I don't think you see Manchester United get relegated. Uh, right, you know what because, I mean? Like, like, would you see the Yankees get relegated? Doubt so it. So we have the yeah. same thing already. Right. Like We already have a lot of the same structure. The problem is the back end. Right. The back end is messing this whole thing up. But like you saw, like basketball is talking about, NBA is talking about when they get to their next CBA. Mm-hmm. One of the things that they'd like to do is move to a mid-season tournament. Okay. That all of the all of the teams compete in a mid-season tournament, and the winner gets automatic placement in the postseason. That'd that be cool. way, that way, a team could play for the first half, get seated high, win that tournament, and then kick rocks the back half of the season. So the Mets would have been in. Let guys exactly, <laughs> exactly. Let guys rest. Let guys do everything, yeah. everything else, because you're already locked into your spot in the postseason. Right. They're gonna make a whole bunch of money. So instead of having All Star break, 
right? Mm -hmm. They would do a combination of like a tournament. Maybe they don't have the top teams participated. Maybe they have the bottom teams. All the teams last year who missed the postseason who were lottery teams, which is 14 teams in NBA. Mm -hmm. Those 14 teams compete in a midseason tournament to make the playoffs. Oh, hold on. <laughs> so much cool stuff could happen. Speaking of lottery, sorry, I forgot to put this on there. The PA and MLB agreed on draft lottery. That's Dope. one of their points, yeah. They agreed on that and um, Universal DH. Which, so, which we, are, we saw coming, are, at least that one. Those are great progress, but yes. none of that stuff but to that's me it. is real bargaining. Yes. You guys didn't actually fundamentally alter how we function. You did some one thing that makes competitive play better. Mm -hmm. You did another thing that stops rewarding the worst team by being the worst team all the time. Yeah. You gave lottery odds. The, the, the Knicks were the worst team in the league a couple of years ago, and they got the third pick. Yep. The, no, Knicks no were one of, the Knicks were the second worst team in the league two years ago, and they got the eighth pick and drafted Obi Toppin. Yep. Mm-hmm. There, there should not. There should be a world where we force teams to always try to be good, and if they don't, relegation. I'd love it. Could you imagine how awesome base of sports in like this country period would be if there was relegation? Just people, get people rid of the bad teams. People would try to win all the time. Get rid of the bad teams. Yeah, and Detroit if, Lions fans would finally have something to root for. Facts like maybe the Detroit Lions get to compete in that lower league and they're better now because you don't have to play against any of the other top teams. All the bottom teams play in the spring. <laughs> no, they could, they could play the same schedule, and they sure. could play right alongside everybody else. Yeah. But you would have all of the teams, all of the bottom X teams, play each other. That's right. the division, mm -hmm. right? Like, if you said the worst eight teams in the NFL, you, that's your schedule. You pay each of each you, – you play each other twice, two games. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, to get to 17, you play three games – against some randomly selected people from the main league. That's what that's what soccer does. Like you, you yeah. yeah, we're gonna play Manchester United, but we're gonna get tossed. But we're gonna get to play them. And you're gonna make a lot of money off that game. A whole bunch of money by being in that game that day. Yeah. Great. The whole the whole fandom shows up, walks in. Let's let's go. Let's see this. Cool. Now you get that if your team finishes with the best record in that that year, you get out of relegation. You have your own thing. Yeah, you don't get to make the postseason. You're out on the postseason, but you're no longer relegated. Next year, you're in the tournament. You have a chance to be there. Mm -hmm. But the bottom eight teams every year, y'all are in relegation the following year. The two teams that come up, the two teams that come out of it, mm -hmm. two teams come down. That would definitely be an interesting structure. I think it's, I, I, it, it, that would allow everything to happen. Then at least the, the teams that were crap thing. will at least be on the same level playing field, and you don't get like the Yankees just mollywopping the Orioles every every year, month. and then <laughs> saying that they're good because you're beating up on bad, terrible teams. Yeah, like you have 17 games against team a team that has no. Right. They're not even trying to win. And it's because at the end of the day, you can't say, "Oh, like uh, it's hard to beat a good team when you don't spend a lot of money," because they're the Rays have. Shown that that's not the case. Yeah, but the Rays still spend enough money for sure, right? But that's and what I'm saying. Like, they're... what the line of demarcation is, right? Which is why I'm saying ninety-ish million dollars should be the lowest that a team can spend. But if you're spending twenty-five, you just you don't give a shit. You don't Do, give. You, you can't. Don't, you don't give you at can't. all. And that that immediately makes it that your team is a complete waste of everything, and you also throw off competitive balance. Yes, because the Orioles are that bad last year. Should the Red Sox and the Yankees even be, and the, and like even be in the playoffs? 
Like you had a you had a free win, but meanwhile, other teams pl- play in the NL West. There's no free wins. Mm-mm. We're gutting it out all the time for this. Yep. But other people get free wins because there's a couple of guys in your division who don't play. And I, that to me is just the 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 problem with the league, and it just continues, and it, it it's it's a shame. And then you have. Somebody turning down a hundred three hundred and fifty million dollars over thirteen years in yeah. Juan Soto. Yes, he did. Why do you think Juan did that? Uh, because Juan Soto is going to get five hundred million dollars. He's going to get five hundred million. As yeah. as said first on this 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 podcast Absolutely. podcast episode question Number, mark. If you can figure it out, we if will you, give you a big prize. If you find what episode we said that he's going to get five hundred million dollars. Because we said it on several. You we, get a free T-shirt. We will send you a T-shirt. Dennis will send you whatever you want. Um, not not whatever you just want. Comment. Just comment. No, whatever you want. Whatever you want. Just comment in the <laughs> in the section what what episode it was and what was the the timestamp we said it was. Um, yes, he's going to get five hundred million, but this also to me reeks of. I don't want to be a national. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's exactly what that is because right? he like you're you you're about to get the biggest contract. Yeah. That that in this off season anyway. Yeah. And not only did he rightfully turn down because he is worth more than that. He's a $50 million player. Yep. But also it's like, I'm not going to do this because I don't want to be here. He wants to be in, yeah. uh, he wants to be a star. So not only does he want to be a star, this, this. He wants to be a big city star. He is, he is maneuvering himself to get to a place. Do you think when this lockout ends, do you think he demands a trade? No. No, that would be so spicy. That would be crazy. I think, like at this point in time, he was very publicly at the the uh, World Series. Oh yeah, he was very much trying to show him out in the world. He was with his agents. He's doing all this stuff to get there. This now comes out. Why do you? Who do you guys think put this this out? Juan Soto's party. Got to be Juan Soto's party. Well, he did. Someone asked him, and like he could have just said no comment, but he didn't. And he said, "I just turned down thirteen years, three fifty. So he pretty much just said, "I just told them I don't want to be here." Yeah. So now publicly, everyone knows he doesn't want to be a national. Cause, I mean, well, let me let me ask you this: is is three fifty the most the Nationals could spend on him? Yes, has to be right because we all agree they're broke, right? They're yeah. broke, and they're and they're saying, okay, cool. This off season, we're gonna this is everything we can throw at him. Because they, they got rid of Turner, they got rid of Scherzer, they did all of that so that they had enough money to pitch this deal to him because they hoped that 30 something million dollars a year, like the Bryce Harper deal, would be enough. And he's like, guys, I'm better than Bryce ever was. He's show, like, that's not even Mike Trout money. Show me the money. I want at least $40 million a year. Yeah. Now, my question to you guys would be, do you think it's worth it for a team at this point to trade whatever the haul is going to be to get him now rather than wait the two years until he's a free agent and can sign elsewhere? Because the Rangers did this a few years ago, getting yes. Adam Fox for two second-round uh, second picks when they were going to get him for free the next year if they wanted to. We, we've Still just, worth it. We've ma- discussed the- on this show the, the Mike Trout haul. Yeah. but well, We actually it, talked about the Juan Soto haul. Yes. Yeah. I think that's... I, I think the Mets have enough pieces to go and make the move. The question, the the biggest question is, if you do the trade, he's got us. You're gonna pretty much sign him to a ten year, five hundred million dollar deal. Yes, and the, pay him fifty million dollars a year. The Mets have 
all the replacement parts the Nationals need. They have an outfielder. The Mets have all of the parts any team in the league needs. The yeah. Mets have too many good players, not enough elite players, and they can't hit in the clutch. Oh, I'm talking. I'm talking purely from a prospect standpoint. Yeah, I, so prospect away, but they're going to want. If you're going to get Juan Soto, the Mets have to clear space because they just signed Kana, right? Yep. And he plays the same position as Soto. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's this season. If Soto says I want to go, shock me, please. If Soto, if Soto <laughs> says I want to go, like him saying 350 was not enough. The he has now said to the world, no. No, that you have to give me more than this. That $350 million will not be enough to secure my services. So you've now ixnayed out how many teams in the league? 25? So you've got, you've pretty much said, so Dodgers? Padres? I'm going to say Dodgers, Padres, Mets, Yankees, Red Sox? Okay. I, I don't think the Red Sox have the money anymore. I, I, again, sure. Well, whatever you want. They're they're a team that could have spent it. They could have paid Mookie. They did. The the uh, Houston Astros. But they've got Alvarez. Yes, and they they're also gone. did weren't going to pay Correa that. So so now we get we get spicy. So we say that there's only five real teams who have the money and the funds to pull that trigger and do more than three fifty, right? And I think anybody in the league could find it because the Angels gave uh, Trout that bag, right? The yeah. Phillies gave a bag that size. So there, I guess so, there yeah. are. I think I think there are teams that we know that would potentially. I guess do I'm something. looking at it as like those teams already spent their big chip kind of thing. And who would just be willing to do everything in their power? Right. The Yankees are out. Yeah, I think the Yankees. Because the Yankees can't. Yankees get also another, have to get Aaron Judge. The, the Yankees can't get another outfielder. Yeah. That would so be they're a, done. Yeah. Um, so that's out of unless the they're unless it's they move on from Aaron Judge and go to Juan Soto, which again I, they had their opportunity to get Barrios, who's the most underrated pitcher and only signed for 115 million dollars for five years, would have been the second or best pitcher on their staff, and they could have had him for what would have amounted to Aaron Judge. Um, but that's besides the point. That trade was designed by me and would have been amazing. Um, <laughs> So that brings us back. So that that brings us to the Dodgers. Are the do the Dodgers have the money to do it? Yeah, but do they really? They got money tied up in their outfield, don't they? Not a ton of money. They haven't like they weren't. They didn't pay Seager. They haven't, they haven't paid Trey Turner yet. Count? Not there anymore. Don't they still have money that they owe for his contract? It, it's not like sizable money. Like okay. they like they're not thought, act, like they, they were, spend a lot of money, but it's not like. But I thought they committed. were still paying a fair amount of money to that contract. Uh, I'm not sure, but in, in the scheme of like players that get over thirty million dollars a year, I don't think they have many of those. Okay, so like they could figure something out. Um, the Mets obviously have quite a bit of money tied up in some guys right now, but we also have, if we wanted to, endless money. Mookie, Mookie's probably their biggest piece. Yeah, yeah, but he and he's also you know right fielder. But that's what I'm saying. So yeah. like I, I that that to me takes all of that money. Maybe they Off. just they just paid Pollock some more. Maybe, yeah. Betts Betts is getting twenty two five, but with his luxury tax, it's a thirty point five million dollar deal. Justin Turner makes twenty. Trey Turner makes eighteen five, but he's only got one year left. An arbitration? Is he in arbitration? Yeah. Okay. 
Um, they have Cody Bellinger, who's also in arbitration, and is going to get a whole bunch of money. So they're going to have to pay him. So or I don't think, or they cut him. I, if they, do you think they cut? He's been playing terrible. But do you think they cut him? No, I don't honestly, think they cut him. But for like, what? I'm thinking in terms of if they were trying to go get Soto, what would the moves they would have to be? What about making? the other Los Angeles team? And my my curiosity is: is there a world where you can do a Mike Trout for Juan Soto type trade? No, <laughs> that would be so gross. No. Um, now you're just getting crazy, Dennis. I like getting crazy. I know. I, Bellinger's <laughs> an interesting case because I don't know what happened to him. He played very bad last season. Yeah, but his why? fall off after his like uh, two years ago, 2019. Yeah, has been dramatic. No, I mean, like, listen, like that year was seems the most like the outlier. Well, he batted like 170 last year, right? He batted 165. Yeah, that's not good. But but yeah, I mean, you look at his first two years in the league, he was 260s. Mm-hmm. Like he's a career two fifty seven hitter. The twenty nineteen year seems like the outlier where he batted three oh five. He's also been hurt a lot. That's yeah. my that's my question. Yeah. Something last year was wrong with him mm-hmm. that hasn't fully come out. So let's go let's go separate from that. The Dodgers could theoretically do it, but the Dodgers would have to do a whole bunch of finagling now to get themselves to that point. Mm-hmm. Right? So you really come down to the last people. He wants the Mets. The Mets are basically just on this conversation are probably the only viable option. And the Mets signed Kana for two years to go after him. And what's Scherzer? Three years? Two years. Two years? Two years. Cool. The Mets, how many years left does Cano have? Two. Yeah. The Mets are set up for two years from now to go wild. So who and what and where and why and when and how are they lining up for? That's the big question to yeah. me. And it it points to me of this money getting turned down, him making all the comments about wanting to be in New York and the Big Apple and there not being any place like it. Mm-hmm. The fact that Lindor's there and has shown that he pulls in the Spanish player, right? Correa's contemplated it. Javi actually came, yep. right? The, the Mets organization from that side, like, has moved in that direction. You're going to have Francisco Alvarez coming up soon. The the where you are in Queens and and what that is for Puerto Rican culture, Dominican culture, mm-hmm. like that that world. Juan Soto's coming to the Mets. It it, it feels like, but this also could, feels like when it felt like LeBron was coming to the Knicks and then said he was going to come to the Knicks and then had a last second change of heart and went to the went to Miami. And didn't KD say he was coming to the next? No, two? no, that was just no. KD KD was was gonna come, and then they said they didn't want to pay him all that money, which we, we, has made sense. Sure. Everything that the Nets did didn't work out. Yeah, they haven't won. They're not winning this year. They beat the Knicks last night in a horrible. They traded beat. for Harden, and, and then had to get rid of Harden. They're <laughs> running Ben Simmons. Kyrie can't play because he's still on the flat Earth. Like yeah. everything is, and, and that should have like it, it is what it is. So, like when I look at it, I think Soto. So the the question is, if Soto demands the trade, how many people are positioned right now to just pull the trigger and do it? Not many. Well, okay. Well, here's a here's a question: Is there a team that's in win now mode but doesn't want to pay him the money, so they just trade for him for two years? I don't think I don't think that there's any team that could give them what they want and make it worth it for two years. Right. Like, he would want to go somewhere that gives him the bag. 
Right. He, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, to me, the Mets would look at him and be like, cool, we're going to sign you. We'll buy out your other years. And we're going to sign and you And we'll forever. sign you for, for, for 10 years, 50 million, 500 million. Or 10 years, 40, 460 million. Still the biggest contract in history. How old is he? 24. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because you know, it doesn't need to be 13 years. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'd rather just pay you more money every year. Yeah, we're luxury tax. Don't care. Two years from now, Mets are out of luxury tax. Kana's gone. He's Canote. only 23. He just turned 23 in October. Dope. Even That's better. Dope. Pull the trigger. Dope. Pull the trigger. Pull it. <sighs> I'm so glad that came out, too. I'm, it made me feel like so much better about the conversation we've had about that because we're <sighs> so right. Yep. So right. <sighs> well, whenever baseball returns. We'll have things to actually talk about. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Honestly, should they get this figured out in a reasonable amount of time? No shot. Super unlikely. Uh, but whenever it does come back, the whole, you know, now that I think about it, I don't even know if the, the free agency thing will be crazy because I have no idea when they're coming back. Yep. I have no idea uh, what the free agency world is going to look like when that happens. Because if, yep. they, if they delay this till, God forbid, like July – are people just going to sign super safe deals and then just be like, all right, cool, I'll yeah, be free Yeah, everybody's going to sign one-year deals. Right, it's going to be... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then coming out of it, so... But here's the thing, right? All of the deals that were signed before this, the first year of the deal would just then be a prorated portion of the deal. But it would right. still count as a year. Yep. So the Kana deal that's a two-year deal would be one year with most Robbie of Cano it gone. Playing Robbie Cano, season. you'd have a percentage of your deal gone. Down. Right? Yep. You have one year left. The Mets are buying him out next year. Please. Please do it. Need it. Unless he hits like a god again in the shortened year that they're about to have. Yeah. Yeah. When do you, when do you think over-under for when we start? Oh, geez, Louise. Uh, now that there's like venom getting thrown and they're mm. both going to start looking ugly soon. They're playing chicken, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're they're both gonna get to the point that they get so much negative about them. What's the next pro league that has like a like a, a thing coming up? So, my my initial thought was, do they play before the end of the NBA and NHL season? When does that season end? Juneish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's including the playoffs. Yes. Right. So that's you're the saying are done? I'm saying, is there well, going to be a break? The end of Stanley like, Cup goes forever, right? Right, but is there going to be a break between the end of Stanley Cup and NBA Finals I'm, to the start I'm of training say, camp? I'm going to say NFL? a deal. I'm going to say a deal is is com- like completed sometime around May one because that's a huge time for the MLB. Is there's all eyes on them for the most. When part. When do we it's start no in 2020? Sports. In June or July. June July. Okay. So because they played July, we're playing August. an 80 game season. 82. Yeah, game we season? talked about. It. I think half. I think they end up with half this year. I hate that so much, but great. Cool. We'll see. So May 1. Our arms are going to do great in the shortened season. Facts. <laughs> Bro, we are getting rings this year, baby. <laughs> Scherzer's only gets 20 million. Of Excellent. 46. Excellent. All right, guys. Appreciate you guys listening to us. As always, we'll see you next time. Later.